You're listening to The Phillips File. Time flies while you're having fun every Thursday at this time. We talk with Pat Clark. We talk sports with Patrick. He handles sports over at Channel 2, WESH Channel 2 in Orlando. Without further ado, let's talk to Patrick. Hello, Patrick. How are you today? James, I'm well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Not too bad. A little, you know, kind of in a, well, we got the uh, we got the basketball this weekend. But other than that, you know, things are well. Opening a baseball, right? Today. Yeah, that's why we're playing this song. Listen, and I and I, I think I it's it great to, to talk about those things. And yeah. As you know, we never discuss what we're going to talk in these few minutes that That's we true. have once a week. And yeah. I don't. But if you don't mind, I'd like to take a little detour today because I've got a fascinating story. Of course. Are you Are you okay with that? Of course, I am, Patrick. Um, are you on Facebook, James? Uh, I have a Facebook account, but I don't look at it and I don't put anything on it. Well. <laughs> That makes, I, I kinda, makes any I'm, sense. I'm close to you. I actually have two Facebook accounts. One of them is my my personal account, and then uh, you know we at Channel Two have Facebook accounts there as right. well. Mm-hmm. And I get I get Facebook friend requests. Uh, I guess the part of it is because of what I do. Uh, when you're in the public eye a little bit, I guess that that, that you know compels people sometimes to right. friend request you. So I don't pay a whole lot of attention. A few weeks ago. I get a friend request from a, a woman named Julie, and I, I won't share her last name, but she lives in Southern California, and I glanced at it, and I saw that she had once lived in West Des Moines, Iowa. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe she's a friend of one of my sisters, didn't give it much thought. The next day, because you get this messenger account as well, I saw that there was a message on the, the messenger thing, so I opened it up, and it was from Julie. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences Uh-oh. to you, okay? Here we go. Ooh. Uh, and, and it, uh, here's what it says. She says, hi, Pat. My name is Julie, and I believe we are related through your father, Jimmy Clark. What, 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 what? I know. What? My, she says, my mother was born in 1945 and put up for adoption. When we met her birth mother years ago in Baxter, Iowa, which, oh. by the way, is eight miles from Colfax. Yeah. She told us who my mom, Barb's father, was. We had always assumed she was his only child. However, as I was working on our family tree on Ancestry.com, I came across his gravestone, and on it was your mother's name. She then Googled Betty and was shocked and thrilled when she read her obituary and saw that Dad had fathered six more children. What? James... James, I have not five, but six sisters. Wow. Oh Congratulations, Pat. Oh, wow. And this, uh, you know, I, I had to, and, and the letter goes on. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to share all of that, but um, she sat on this information for more than a year. Mm-hmm. And she didn't, and now Julie, again, is the, is the daughter of my half-sister. She didn't share the information in part because her mother didn't really want her to, because her mother as Julie would tell me later, did not want to be rejected a second time in her life. Yeah, yeah, you got you. Her fear was that her siblings, who were scattered all over the country, uh, would find out, and we wouldn't want any part of it. And she had already been rejected once when she was given up for adoption at birth. So all of this is a lot to digest. Um, So uh, I called. She left her phone number, and I called Julie, and as soon as I identified myself to her, she started crying. Oh, jeez. And, 
And this was, I mean, this was really an emotional thing because she did not really expect to hear from any of the Clark kids. Yeah. So we talked, and of course, I had questions for her. It's like, okay, what's the timing of this? Yeah. Because this is important to the story. Uh, she was born in 1945. Well, that's a that's a good ten years before mom and dad got married. Right. This this was this was ten years, a decade before Betty. Okay. Yeah. The dad dad would have been 30. Uh, the birth mother told uh, her daughter, my half-sister Barb, when they met that she had dated Jim Clark and they had a nice little relationship and that dad had broken it off because he had met someone else. There is no indication, according to the birth mother, that my father ever knew that she got pregnant and ever, ever knew that she had a child. So it's quite possible, in fact, probable, that my father lived eight miles from this woman for his entire life, not knowing that he had another child. My goodness Whoa. gracious. My goodness gracious. How, how did the is, sisters is feel about this? Huh? It is mind-blowing. What, I mean, what do what your sisters think about this? Well, it's funny that you say that, because um, I, I first told my sister, Stell, after I had talked to Julie, yeah. and, uh, you know, there's... It's like crickets when you first say because they, they don't quite they, it's hard to digest and it's a lot of information. But then we both reconciled it as this is one of the great, wonderful things of all time. Of course it is. Um, this is fantastic. Uh, now, we got all the sisters on the phone and there was a conference call last weekend. And I, I won't say who, but one of my sisters has had a problem with this. Uh, I don't know why, and she's not defining why, but uh, the hope is that eventually she'll come around and, and everything will be great. And it's also worth noting that after I got off the phone with Julie, she went and met her mother, my half-sister, for lunch that day. Julie had her daughter with her, and her daughter was had her phone and was recording video when Julie told her mother that she had talked to me and that the Clark kids are ecstatic and that we we can't wait to meet her at some point and then she got very emotional as well she's 71 years old uh james and she, she lived most of her life believing she was an only child and where does she live now what state she, she lives in southern california okay all right so you're going so, out there wow. is she coming yeah. to where is she going to i what's happening here where you, well, come on one of my sisters turned 60 in August, and uh, Julie and uh, her mother, my half-sister, Barb, go back to Iowa yeah. uh, a couple of times a year. So we're trying to coordinate so that everyone will be up in Iowa in, in August so that we can all all get together. It's, um, I think it's fantastic. She was adopted, by the way, by a Jewish couple in Des Moines. She was raised in a well-to-do family. Mm -hmm. uh, her father, her adoptive father, owned some uh, clothing apparel stores in Des Moines. Right. And uh, there was a show on the CBS affiliate up there called the Mary Brubaker Show. It was a daily show, local hostess. And I worked at that same TV station, and she was a model on that show. She modeled some of her, her father's clothing store apparel. And we just missed meeting each other. You may have crossed paths. It's like ships passing at a night. You don't know whether you passed one another on the road or in the or in the television station. I mean, just that you go on one way, her going the other. 
Isn't that crazy? It is. It's just the that's most a cool amazing, story. Um, amazing story. And you know what? A, a number of years ago, just a few years after Dad died, he died in '93. This will be this year is the next in May. It'll be 25 years since he passed. But a number yeah. of years after he after he did, I wrote a book about. Him. I wrote a book about him, and I did it for my sisters and for, for Betty, who was still very much alive at the time. And I, I gave it to him for a Christmas gift. And now that book has yet another purpose, because I'm going to get a copy of it to my half-sister, Barb, who otherwise knows very little about her father. Yeah. And she'll be able to read this book and learn more about Dad. So it's, I think it's all extremely cool. And So what's the problem with one of the sisters not to get, I mean, what are they afraid, you know, not enough to go around in the liquor cabinet, or you know, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, somebody, you know what I mean? You say, you know, come on. I don't know. I've been, t- you know, I've been trying to reconcile that too, but I can't get into her. Yeah, I know. I don't I, know. It's none of our business. I just, I don't know. And like I said, I hope at some point she comes around and everything will be good. She but, will. Um, she will. I just, uh, I see this as, uh, even though it, you know, it, it, you're taken aback by it, yeah. but when you have time to think it through, you realize that there's. You've got a sibling out there who really thought, uh, for lack of a better word, that she was alone for all of her life. And now right. she's 71, and she finds out she has a family. So, that's yeah, fantastic. That's really yeah. great. That's a, that, I mean, that's, that's well, Channel 2 ought to do a story on that. Well, thank you. Just, for letting a, me just share as a here, human interest I, story. I the, more, the more I talk about it, the more people I tell, yeah. the, the prouder I am of it. I, I know that sounds uh, a little weird, and, you know, it, maybe it's. Uh, <laughs> Again, I can't get into my sister's head, but maybe they, they had Dad. He was such a great guy. Right. You know, maybe they had him up on this pedestal. Maybe. And any, maybe. any kind of sex out of wedlock, you know, maybe they just did, uh, maybe that taints it a little bit for him. I, I don't see it that way. I see it as my dad being a human being. He was 30 years old. He was dating. He was just being a human for crying out loud. Yeah, we like to, we like to believe that, uh, you know, there is a generation that operated differently than ours. And, and when you really get down to it, you know, whether it was the 30s, the 40s, you know, we're all the same. Yeah, we all have our desires yeah. and we all have our relationships and we all have these things going on. And to a certain degree, you never want to think of your parents having sex. And uh-huh. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just, you know, it's just that you block it. You just and uh, but you have to. It's like watching the watching the veterans during the Fourth of July parade. You know the guys from World War Two, kind of shuffling down the street. You know, every six inches they move a foot, and you forget how young people. You forget that they were young too. I mean, they were you know footloose and fancy free as well, just like the rest and, of us. And Jim and Betty had. I mean, they had such a great love story. And you know, it's. Uh, I, I think maybe maybe it's hard for my sisters to understand that you know there was a pre-Betty. And the dad was, you know, he knew he was 41 when, when he got married to mom. So, I mean, he had had his young years. He's he was a stud. Your father was a stud. I mean, how many kids? There might even be some more out there. Not to, you know, I don't want well, you to get crazy here, but there might be 20 of you out there. These types of stories are happening more and more, especially with DNA testing yeah. tied in the gene, uh, genealogy. Hey, Pat, how was she able to make the connection with you? Right. Good question. I I know it was through Facebook, but how did she know that you were potentially uh, a sibling? Right. She read mom's uh, obituary and found out that, gotcha. that there were six children. And gotcha. then in, in, in mom's obituary, all of us were named. So I believe, and she didn't single me out. I know that my sister still also got the same note from her, but 
Um, you know, those of us who are just kind of borderline Facebook users tend to, you know, we overlook things. I mean, yeah. we do, we just kind of skim over and it's, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm more of a voyeur than, than I am an actual user on Facebook, certainly with regard to my personal account. So, well, let me ask you yeah, a question. That's how it happened. It's amazing how these things work though, isn't it? It I is. Mean, it's, 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 it's meant to happen. So let me ask you a question because I mean, we've been talking to you for years and we know about your family and your sisters, and mom and dad. And uh, so how do you think Betty, your wonderful mother, would have reacted to this? I, you know, it's, gosh, I was just talking to a friend last night, and, I, I, you know, and not just Betty, but how about Dad? I mean, if, if he had no idea. Yeah, what yeah. If he had found out in the twilight of his life that, that he had given birth to uh, a, another child, and right. actually instead of six, had seven children. I don't know. I don't know how... Well, you know how they it's were. Pretty clear, it's pretty clear to all of us, James, though, yeah. that Dad didn't know. Because if he had known, because of the relationship that he had with Mom, he would have told her. And then when Dad passed in 1993, she would have told us. Um, and it certainly, um, I just don't, I don't think it would have been anything for him to be em- embarrassed about. I think he would have been, frankly, a little bit sad that he, that he hadn't known that he had yeah. another child out there. And I don't, I don't know about Betty. Mom was real smart. I mean, she was extremely sensible. And you know, if she would have found out that this happened a decade so, before they got married, then so be it. You know. So I get the idea. I mean, even if your dad knew, Betty was uh, intuitive enough to to have picked up on that. You know, sometimes you know people have secrets. You know. Well, you know they carry secrets around for whatever reason, whether they. You know, they're embarrassed or they don't want to hurt somebody. And, uh, you know, and and when somebody finds out, they, 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 you know, they usually say it's no big deal. Back in the 30s and the 40s, things things were different. Part of the element of the story that I left out is the birth mother. And, uh, gosh, I had her name somewhere, and I I, I don't have it anymore. She has since passed away as well. But when she had a conversation with uh, her daughter, my half-sister, Barb, uh, she was talking about how when she gave birth to Barb in the hospital, as soon as she gave birth, the baby was taken away from her. Yeah. Part of that was because she had given birth to another child uh, years earlier, uh, and that child was also taken away from her. Hmm. She, uh, she uh, admittedly was someone who she, she dated a lot. Um, so... Um, this, uh, it's this, just, uh, this, this is made for a special report on Channel 2. This is a week-long series, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I mean, all you need is two or three minutes, Monday through Friday, culminates on Friday. You know, I mean, it is. I mean, it's tailor-made it's tailor for, for yeah. television. you got to do it. you got to, besides all the great things that come together with this new knowledge, I mean, come on, man. You're going to make, you can, it's TV. You know what I'm saying? We know well, how that man. works. That is a great story, and maybe that story gets it becomes enhanced. You know, when when I meet uh, Barb, and I can't wait to do it. I mean, she um, she just and, and she looks, to be honest with you, she looks like uh, Mary Ellen, my oldest sister. Oh my um, so, god! Yeah, there is a there is a resemblance there. So. Oh, you got to have a crew with you. What's the name of the end where they knock on the door and they have the big check and the people open the door and they go publisher's crazy? Publisher's clearinghouse. Yeah, it's got to be like a publisher's clearinghouse type of scene, where you 
She opens the door. There's the camera rolling, and the tears are flowing, and everybody's hugging one another. Oh my God! I won money. Oh, well, geez, no, are you kidding me? This is this yeah, is the well, best. This is. There will be plenty of that, I'm sure. Hey, I'm wait, you know, not for nothing. I'm excited. But, I'm excited for her. I'm excited for me. I'm excited for my sisters. This is all. I I, I think I think it's, about this at all. I think it's a terrific story. But you know, behind closed doors, you know what they say. This will make great ratings. This is a ratings killer. I mean, I'm telling you right now. I love it. I love the story. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, well, thanks for letting me tell it, James. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's my pleasure. We've, you know, we've been with you for a long time, and we love you. And uh, I'm, it, yeah, it's better than any sports story today, except yeah. maybe for that guy that knocked the first pitch in Major League Baseball out of the park. You know, the first pitch. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. He got all of it, didn't he? Yeah. He sure did. Did the Cubs win? Oh, yeah. They Eight to four. Eight to four. Yep. Oh. Uh, you know, turn to the coach and say, well, you know, I'm not warmed up yet. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to watch the Final Four this weekend, James? I'm going to try. Yes, I'm going to try. I don't know who my money is on yet. I, I, I'm a big, you know, you know me. I go for the underdog. I go for the, under, I go for the underdog unless the underdog has a player turns out to be a real, you know, you know somebody I don't like. You know, they give an elbow no. to somebody in the nose, and then I got I get all confused, and I don't know what to do. That, that won't happen. But Loyola, you know, in, here, in San Antonio, Michigan and Loyola play that first game at six o'clock right. on Saturday night. Right. You know, I think we all know that if you're not a Michigan fan, that everyone else in that arena will be rooting for Loyola. Sure, Cinderella it, team. Because we all love that underdog story and. Yeah. Gosh, for those of us who had our brackets busted that the first afternoon, we mm-hmm. needed something to latch on to here. And Cinderella always makes the tournament such a, a, a better story. Yeah. And be, Loyola is especially impressive. But look, they're an 11 seed, and here's a stat for you. Uh, Loyola becomes just the fifth double-seeded team, double-digit-seeded team uh, to reach the Final Four. All four of the others were eliminated in this semifinal round, and each one lost by at least eight points. Right. So history tells us that Loyola won't advance into the championship game. Well, I'm going to root for him. Then. But I think that's just a bunch of crap. I mean, <laughs> these, these, these Loyola kids yeah. are inspired. They hit three-pointers. Right. My goodness, Jack, how many times did they drive to the bucket? These reverse layups. I mean, they, they, they don't care. Oh, they it's exciting. Playing. They've, they've got the longest... Got nothing to lose. Now in the country at 14 games. I mean, this is fun. This is fun to watch. All right, Patrick. Keep us up to date with Julie, okay? I think it's a wonderful story. And and, Barb. uh, Yeah. And Barb and everybody and the whole family. And, I mean, people know more about your family than they know about me. But I will. I'll keep you updated. All right. This is is fun. Best Best of luck to you, Patrick. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. You got it, buddy. Pat Clark handles sports over at Channel 2, WESH Channel 2 in Orlando. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Your next chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1.